0: Don't forget to check out the Hockey Podcast Network's Fantasy Hockey affiliate, Playline. Right now, if you use the code THPN, you can deposit as little as 5 bucks and get a $20 bonus to play with. Plus, you can help support the Hockey Podcast Network. The $50,000 lotto may be gone, but you can still win in one of the many games on Playline. Whether you want to take a chance on hockey, basketball, or football, there's a game for you. The Hockey Podcast Network has also joined forces with Puffy Mattresses. They're not just any bed-in-a-bag company. These are America's most comfortable mattress, and right now you can get $300 off a new mattress plus a free king-size pillow. Plus, they offer a 101-night sleep trial. So if you're not satisfied with the mattress, you can return it no problem. Also, if you use our link that we will tweet out after the podcast release, you can help support us and the Hockey Podcast Network. Last but not least today, we have a fantastic deal from Reebok. Just in time for McGregor's big return to the Octagon, Reebok is offering an extra 50% off if you use the code "Get Down" no spaces. This would be a perfect time to get yourself some fight merch or maybe some new workout gear. Whatever you're looking for, this code will save you some money. Also, same as with Puffy, if you shop through our link, you can help support us and the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, thanks for tuning in to our growing network of podcasts, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to Offside by a Mile, the podcast for anything and everything Colorado Avalanche. And the official Avs podcast for the Hockey Podcast Network. Well, there you have it, folks. The Avs can score with an empty net. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case you thought it would never be possible. I mean, they didn't get the win, so they didn't get half of the part of it right, but they tied the game. Hooray. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to the... January 13th episode of the Offside Biomod podcast. Uh, Jared and Tyler in studio as usual. Buongiorno. Uh, a little bit later in the episode, we will join Michael from A Clean Skate podcast for the Across the ring segment. Mm-hmm. But first, as usual, we are going to go over that Friday loss to the Penguins in overtime. It hurts. It hurts because it's the same story as always. And it hurts because we really could have used a win there back home for the first game of the five game trip or five game homestand. Sorry. Uh, Avs had the lead in the first on a beauty PP goal by Nathan McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully we get to see more of that. Yeah, exactly. And also of note, it was Gerard playing D on that power play and most power plays, uh, that on Friday.
1: And, you know, I don't think that's, uh, you know, a misstep. I think that's probably a decent choice right now. Well, it's definitely the, it's definitely the best secondary choice. Right. right and now. like, and Gerard's been kind of, you know, on a decent offensive tear lately and been seeing the ice a lot better. So, you know, he, he did it all last year. M- like mostly like Tyson Barry was there a bit, but Gerard was mainly the main staple as kind of quarterback if you want to position them that way. Um, so yeah, you know, I mean, th- this is a perfect example of how the power play should perform. Um, and we got to see it there, you know, nice, nice one timer by Nate. It's not the first time we've seen that and probably not going to be the last.
0: Definitely won't be the last. And I kind of tweeted it out too. So I guess we can talk, touch on that right now too. Uh, Kale McCarr did not get the last man in votes, mm-hmm. last man in votes, uh, David Perron is joining the rest of the St. Louis Blues in uh in the All Star game. Boo. Naturally. Boo. <laughs> silver lining though, I tweeted this out. Kale McCarr doesn't look right. Yeah. And part part of that is the fact that he's getting the motor off the first power play unit. Yep. Right. Um it, it'll be nice for him to get that entire break to just get treatment, get I don't think he's not 100%. Like, I'm sure he's 100% physically. It's just maybe he's not confident in his injury and all that. Like, it's it's shoulder, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, we saw it at the World Juniors. Baird Hayton played with a grade one separation, I believe, in his shoulder, and he ripped that shelf. Yeah. But that was probably on a lot of drugs. And a lot of adrenaline. And a lot of adrenaline. Kale McCara. It's a lot harder to get into a game with knowing your shoulder might not be 100%. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time with shoulder injuries, he he might not actually be 100% because mm-hmm. just the way the shoulder joint is. Right. A lot of guys, they get their shoulder separated and it's, hey, good luck. That's the rest of your yeah, life. Then it's just a chain of, yeah. Uh, So maybe it's the case of that. Maybe he's just not comfortable. Maybe it is a, a, the case that he needs some treatment. Whatever it is, it's an 11 day break, mm-hmm. and it will benefit Kale not to be at the All Star Game as much as we wanted him to be there. Yeah, and at the same time, he's not a perfect fit for the All Star Game if he's not performing. Yeah, right. Yes, he got a assist on the tying goal on Friday night, but that's not the Kale McCarr we know. Like that, right? the The assist on a tipped shot is not the Kale McCarr primary assist. Mm-hmm. The Kale McCarr primary assist is the Gerard to McKinnon or a beautiful, you know, feed from the blue line or whatever or to like his assist on or whatever.
1: Rantanen's goal, what
0: was that a few games back? Yeah. Uh, Vegas game, was yeah. it? Yeah. Right. Like, where yeah, that kind of play. Guys wide open and Kale McCarr feeds it through a couple sticks, right? That's the Kale McCarr primary assist we want. Yeah. If he's not doing that, why he doesn't need to be at the Ulster game. And plus he's going to be there at some point. David Perron is probably never gonna be at the Ulster game again. Yeah. Kale McCarr is going to be there every year I don't th- that he's healthy. Yeah, I don't
1: think David Perron has another year like this, period. No. So, you know, whatever. And, you know, get the get another homeboy in there. So
0: It's also the all-star game and who
1: actually cares about it. Yeah, you know. It's it's getting less and less <clears throat> uh, favoritism. Yeah,
0: right. So, yeah. it would have been nice for him. You know, he probably had a bonus, honestly. I bet you had a bonus for that. Regardless, though, he's not in it, but the silver lining is he can heal Mm -hmm. or whatever he needs. Maybe it's a skills coach thing. Maybe he needs to get on the ice and do some drills or whatever it is. Right, and that goes for kind of the entire team as well, right? But, yeah, anyway, back to the game. Um, We were recording our other podcast during this game, so we got to watch it, but we didn't get to really focus on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Did watch it after but not quite at the the moment that's why there was no tweets from jared
1: yeah not not quite as attentive as we'd like to like to have been but you know probably would have just broke my heart anyway (laughs) uh
0: frankie frankie had a good game from what i see for the most part it's just a case of the the bad taste in your mouth yeah right it 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 doesn't feel good. It's five-hole goal number one, Frankie let in a softie as usual. Mm -hmm. Five-hole goal number two, you lose the game. Yeah, It's not just because it was overtime. Your goalie lets in two softies, you're probably not going to win. And we've watched it happen. And again, I'm not going to get on the goalies. I'm not doing it. This is what we expected of them. Mm -hmm. They're giving you what they expected of them. Frankie still stopped what? 27 shots. 27 shots. 867 is not the greatest, but uh, he also didn't let a goal in from past the blue line, so there's a <laughs> win there. I mean, yeah, like the, the Avs definitely got a freebie
1: on that one, right? So, Right. Gabe, Gabe Landeskog with a snipe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, outside the blue line. So, yeah, the first was fairly uneventful other than that. A couple of decent saves each way. Uh, to be honest, I Matt Murray played a really good game uh he made some big saves against mm-hmm. the avs this that, that i kind of i kind of saw that as somebody's headline on their article after this game was uh basically the avs paid for every mistake they made which yeah it's it's not terribly wrong it, it sucks but again uh i think if you if you take landis Cog's comments post game where he said there's it's enough of the half a glass half full of stuff. You can't you can't lose this many games and still have the moral victories. Yeah. That's not that's for the Detroit Red Wings. That's for And maybe, the maybe Ottawa Senators.
1: And maybe that's something that you can look at earlier in the season. But we're smack dab in the middle of the season now, right in the meat of it.
0: You can this... also look at that when it's your first loss in five games. You can look right. at that when it's your, you know, second loss in ten games or whatever. When you're three, five, and two, yeah, over a stretch of ten games, you don't get moral victories. You don't, right? Moral victory is winning games now yeah. at this point, right? So it's tough. It's 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 disappointing. I don't want to have the depressing episodes as it seems like every time the Abs are playing bad, but they're they're not really earning a lot here. Yeah. Uh, I think Bednar said after the game too that um, the Avalanche need to talk, talk need to talk on the ice more. Uh, I think that's very true.
1: Right. Uh, it's. I think you can kind of see that disconnect. It's like kind of what I felt in that Rangers game. Yeah, it's right? been
0: it's been there a little, Every time you get caught puck watching, that's exactly what the problem is: communication. Everybody's yeah. doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right, and it, it's
1: frustrating for sure. Yeah, I mean, especially just because we've seen, like, the entire group playing more cohesively, like, a lot this year, right? Especially earlier on. And to see it fading away is just depressing. Yeah. And and it's almost just like, why?
0: Like, how is this happening? Why now? Well, that's it, right? It, it, we look back Thursday last week. Sorry, Thursday, the 2nd of January. They beat the Blues coming out of the Christmas oh, yeah. break or like the New Year's break, whatever you want to call it. There mm-hmm. was a game there, but they come out and they beat the Blues 7-3. In a shellacking, like a 7-3. real good game. That was like a 7-1 hockey game. Yeah. And they scored a couple late. Then they go and they beat Jersey. Okay, two in a row, like things are looking good. Mm-hmm. Yes, you beat Jersey. You should beat Jersey. Mm-hmm. Now it's three losses in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And you, so you have one point in three games. Indefinitely, all of those games are winnable. Oh, 100 percent. Obviously, the the Islanders game—it's one nothing. Varley stole the show, and honestly, but that nothing—that is the best game out of these three, I think.
1: Maybe, maybe it's, not.
0: Maybe not this Pittsburgh game, but it's the game that makes me hmm, happy. Happiest isn't the right word, but a team like when you're playing solid defensively, you can build on that. We're gonna get into it with Michael, but that's how the Dallas Stars win hockey games: is mm-hmm. by defensive, com- like defense by committee and goaltending. All- the Avs had the goaltending at the beginning of the year, and they didn't win by defense; they won by offense. They right. scored all the goals. Mm-hmm. If you're not helping out your goalies, you can't. You Dallas is the first team in the league in goals against average. Mm-hmm. That's not because their goalies an all star. It's it helps. It, it helps. Say. Yeah. But they also play defense. Mm -hmm. They don't let guys wide open back door. Right, like that goal basically in in the Rangers game on on yeah Tuesday. Right, right. That game on Tuesday, that game winner is a guy that's just left alone, Mm -hmm. and the puck pops out to him, and not Ben Bishop is not stopping that puck. Right, he's not gonna get put in that position though either. Yeah, and that happens far too often. Right, so it's it's just it's frustrating. Uh, the Penguins in the second period they tie the game one one on the uh, basically the power play. It was like what two seconds after the game goes even strength, right? Actually, maybe five. Johnson comes back but, on and yeah. it's in the back of the net before he can even really do anything. Um, it's yeah, <sighs> the penalty kill did their job, quote unquote, but at the same time, like that—that's another guy backdoor. Wide open, mm-hmm. basically. Frankie Frankie gets there to a point, but, again, it's, it's, that shot can't happen. That pass can't make it to that seam. Yeah. Again, Eric Johnson just gets into the play, so it's not like it's 5-on-5. Five five. Like It's not like the guy that's wide open just magically got open. But that happens. Mm-hmm. That happens all the time mm-hmm. with the Avs. Yep.
1: Yep. Losing the mark <clears throat> and... Two-puck focused, two-puck focused.
0: You're right. So it's it's just it's incredibly frustrating. We can say it a million times. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's more of the penalty kill issues, right? If that puck's down the ice near the end of that power play, this doesn't happen. Yep. But as we kind of touched on, Avs take the 2-1 lead heading into the third. with With a beauty. With a <laughs> absolute beauty. What a snipe. Court Murray, absolutely, just shelves it from the circle at center ice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Probably the nicest goal you'll see from Landeskog all year. Just kidding. <laughs> uh,
0: it was funny. Like, of course, we saw it. We were like, right near the end of our other podcast, and we looked over and we're like, uh, I think Landeskog just scored from center ice. <laughs> uh, what? Any... Absolutely trash play by Murray. Oh yeah. He tried to, like, say, you know, it's tough to read the bounce. Don't let it bounce then. <laughs> Go out there and meet the puck Short when it hits the, hits the ice. Yeah, baseball players do it all the time. Yeah, You're not a baseball player. I get it. But you're also wearing a lot more equipment, and you should probably should have gotten away. <laughs> yeah. We said it. The main reason that Murray lets that in is because he, for some reason, slides to the right. Yeah. If he just goes down square and stops, he stops that puck. We'll take it. 2-1 abs going into the second thank- image. Thank you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we need some of those bounces,
1: right? I feel like that's another thing is the Avs haven't had lucky bounces in a while, and I hope we get some because we need them. They haven't had lucky bounces.
0: Exhibit A, the offside goal against the Islanders. Right. That easily could have been in the zone like six more inches, and it would have been fine, and it would have been a 1-1 game. Right. But no, no. Hockey gods are not in favor of the Avs. You know why? You know why they haven't got lucky bounces, Jared? Hmm. They're not injured anymore, so so rather than the True hockey gods that. damning them with injuries, right. They're gonna damn them with unlucky bounces.
1: Yeah, they're like we already we already f- fulfilled your karma. Uh,
0: we're we're building a new set of karma now. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, Avs going to the third, up a goal and blow a third period lead. No, huh. Avs don't do that. Do Avs they? never blow third period leads. Brian Rust. Uh, Buries it, 5-hole on Frankie. Not a good goal. I'm not really sure why Frankie didn't pick this up. Yeah. it's It's a good location for the shot because it's, I don't know, it's probably like 10 or 11 inches high. So it's over the stick and 5-hole. But, like, there's no screen. It's not really, like, it's a quick release, but it's not.
1: I don't know. I mean you look at his reaction and that's all you need to know. Yeah, he knows he it's not is disappointed in himself on that one. And you know what? Five holes, you know, tips out there for any NHL players that are gonna play the Avs. Listen up. His five hole is his worst part of his game. He gets scored on his I'd five say, hole quite a few I'd times. I'd say five
0: hole or low glove. Yeah, yeah. Low glove he l like, that one in the Rangers game. Yeah. It's right. He seems like he moves his glove up when he goes down. Yeah, and it's just that low glove spot seems because it's it's really hard to get your glove down fast enough to at least either pinch it against your pad or your leg. Right, and you so, don't want to start
1: your glove down. Yeah, so you that's don't. Because you then sniped. you're just
0: gonna get sniped under the bar. Yeah, like Malkin basically did glove side on the third goal. Right. This is a beauty. This. Yeah. Uh, just because of the. It's, it's not as bad of a screen as we've seen, but there's definitely traffic that's in his view. Mm-hmm. But that it's posting in, it's far side posting in on a quick little drop pass. It's a freaking Geno, man! What are you gonna yeah, do? it's it is a snipe. That is, do, do you want to save? Sure, but at the same time, that's it's, not
1: the one that you expect to save. No, or that you shouldn't be. That's
0: a really good shot. It, I, I would not even blame it on a D. That's a quick rush. That it's yeah. just a good play. Yeah. Uh, again, it's unfortunate, but again, it's so much of this unfortunate set of circumstances. All this crap where it's like it happens too much, mm-hmm. and there's got to be there's got to be some ownership by the coach. Bednar's got to do like it, I understand he's he's called out the top line for checking. He's talked to, He's called out the team for not communicating in this game's post uh, post game press conference, mm-hmm. but it's. He's got to take some ownership. He's got to be 100%, better. Yep. And I mean, the 11 day break. And yes, it's a break. They aren't practicing necessarily, but there's some time there. Like they'll be on the ice.
1: Well, I feel like it's going to be a big time for self reflection too, right? And that includes Bednar, right? He's going to have a few days to really soak in everything that's happened and really think about all the kinds of, or all the tweaks in his system that he wants to you yeah. know provoke um and yeah you know i'm lo- I'm looking forward to this break just to see after what's gonna happen um but you know it's it's a big stand here like w- we need to make up some points here yeah and you know it's not it's not like we're out of the playoffs or anything but it's crunch time it, it's time to start building what this team is this year you know we we got to get rid of the inconsistencies, cause I don't. We we've been struggling to find a good two weeks of solid play. We've gone two games, yeah, but then you go two games, three games now, with bad play. not so good play. Right. <clears throat> it's time for some consistency.
0: I did forget to touch on the disallowed goal early, and I think it was the first where the Pittsburgh Penguin player was in the crease and, like, all over Frankie. Mm. Didn't even get challenged. Like, it was just instant, no goal, and there you go, which was a nice uh, favor. Yeah. If you want to call that a nice bounce, I don't know about that, but (laughs) we better touch on that. Uh, Yeah, so, like, we kind of touched on two. Avs are down, pull the goalie, 30 seconds left, basically, and Makar puts it on net. Calvert with the big tip. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the L2 guys were pretty funny because they sell and, oh, McCarter's 10th of the year. And then Calvert's the one, like, skating to the bench first. And it's just like, guys, that's the guy that scored. Yeah. Have you not watched a scr- post goal scrum and a flyby? Like, <laughs> that's generally how she goes. Yeah. Once in a while, not so much, but uh, it was a pretty good giveaway that Calvert got that one. With his 11th of the year. That's also,. Impressive. It was a tough, like, you could tell the puck got tipped. But watching it from, like, that behind-the-net camera angle, it was really hard to pick up who tipped it. Oh, yeah. Right. But looking from the broadcast angle, that was tipped 100%. percent hmm I mean, and, yeah, Calvert
1: has, he's, that's, like, his probably, what, third or fourth really nice tip this year? In the last,
0: what, three weeks? Yeah, even. Thought maybe two? Right. Because I think he had. He had two in the one game. Didn't he have two against St. Louis? Yeah, it was St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: he's. I feel like. The Pavelski um, magic. I think he was Adrian Dater who wrote the uh, article about Calvert and talking to Calvert about him kind of re imaging his offensive side of things. And you can tell because he's got a little bit of flair this year. Yeah, definitely. It's nice. Nice to see. But yeah, oh my gosh, amen. We got a freaking
0: empty net goal. Empty oh my net God. goal didn't get scored on while the net was empty. Right, Oof. it's a beautiful thing. Things are looking up, Avs fans.
1: <clears throat> and you know, so you you gotta you do have to give it to the Avs. We finally actually pushed a game to like overtime, in you know late circumstances. Yeah, so that getting is
0: getting pushed to overtime.
1: Right. If there's any bright spot in this game, it's that, and that's it. That is something to build off. Keeping that urgency that late in the game with your goalie goalie pulled, which is something that we have not had all year, like we've talked about on numerous episodes, just failing with the empty net. So, you know, if there's any bright spot I'm taking out of this game, it is that. And that does bode well because we
0: need work in the third. So, you know, you need anything to help with your third period slumps. Right. And that's one of them. Especially um, coming from
1: a guy like Calvert.
0: Yeah, that too. Un- unfortunately, overtime does not go well. Yeah. A uh,
1: couple chances. Ba- uh, yeah. There's that one big save by Murray.
0: Yeah. Again, you know, I think Murray had a really good game. A- aside from his blunder, I think he played really well.
1: Yeah, and you know, going into overtime, three-on-three three overtime, it's such a fucking toss-up at yeah. this point. It's, we all know what the NHL overtime is like. It, it's especially fucking playing, anyone's game.
0: Especially playing Pittsburgh. Right, yeah. right. And I mean... That that should be the same thing said about the Avs. Yeah, yeah. The Avs they're they're a very dangerous team with that much open ice. Right. Uh this is definitely not the line I would have expected to score on the Avs. 100%. Jared McCann, Teddy Bluger, and uh what the heck's Texas name? Dan or it's not Dan. I all I want to say is Dan Marino. I know, right? Time. The first John name. John Marino.
1: Right. The first name that comes in your like mind. Like Dan Marino, Dan
0: Marino. Marino right? No. Nope. I think I remember when they called him up I'm like, "No, he's Dan." <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, so like it's very weird line. This again, five hole bad look on f- uh Frankie, not yeah. a good one. But this one at least is a quicker release, mm-hmm. and it's kind of through traffic. And I mean, five hole goals like this do happen.
1: Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough one.
0: Every time you get beat five hole, it's because you weren't ready. Yeah, every time. I will tell you, from or experience. or deflection, right? That too, you, but which is kind of tied to clean leather. shots. Yeah. Clean shots. It's because you weren't expecting the release that that at that point. Mm-hmm. That's why Brian Ruscov. I find it weird because he w- was clearly going to shoot right, and he was wide open and stuff. That's why I don't get it. That one was a hell of a low. This ways. one, this one, I get it. Like, yeah. it, it sucks. It's a bad look. Five goals are like killers always. Mm-hmm. But I see it again. I'm not. This is on Frankie. This one. This yep. one and Brian Rust for sure on Frankie. I'm not okay with yeah, it. Yeah,
1: Avs fans, if you want to blame a goalie, I will give you a pass on this game. But, it's all, you know,
0: you can't do it every game, okay? They can play better defense. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, not, not ideal. Definitely not the best hockey game. Yeah. Uh, obviously. That but, being said, uh, Dallas is on Tuesday. With that, we're going to turn it over to our interview with Michael from... A clean skate all right on this uh episode's version of the across the rink segment we have a returning guest in michael farley from a clean skate pod uh how's, hey, going, how's man? it going guys it's Good. going all right how are you guys not so bad it's almost all-star break time it's almost time for a bit of a chill in the schedule but uh is what it is
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always kind of weird because you come back from the Christmas break after having a week off, you play two weeks and then you're off for another week.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh when what, what when is uh Dallas's uh bye week?
2: Uh that is it's coming up here pretty soon, I think, actually. Yeah, um, I was
1: just not sure cuz we have our bye week like built into this All-Star break as well. So we have like uh 11 days 11 off. days with no games. It's pretty crazy. Oh,
2: wow, yeah, to be honest, I haven't I haven't looked to check where the bye week is, but it'll show up and I'll be like, oh, man, what do I have to talk about?
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's kind
0: of where we're getting soon. It's yeah, It's going to be exactly. some content creation week for sure. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I guess the biggest change in our two teams is the fact that the Dallas Stars have a new coach now. Well, sorry, yeah, a new yes. head coach. I believe he was an assistant, right? Yeah, yes, he was an assistant. So how how um, yeah, is that it, going?
2: Well, it, uh, it caught everyone by surprise, to be honest. I mean, right. I was uh, sitting at home on my couch, and then uh, I got a, a notification from Twitter saying, hey, this is something you should look at. And I, I turned it on, and at first I didn't believe it. But then I was – I I I mean, they put out the press release, and I was like – and we were playing that night too. So I was like, I, I guess this is what we're doing now. There wasn't – I think um, – it was sort of actually nice to be able to just like, be like, all right. And we're playing now with the new head coach. There wasn't like speculation or, or a lot of time for people to talk or or sit or stew in it. We were just able to sort of be like, this is what we're doing now. And we got to go play out. We had to go play tonight. And they just went and did. And we actually won that. night.
0: Well, that was the crazy part about right. Everything in that kind of month long stretch. I don't even know if it was a month, but Dallas was, playing very well and all of a sudden that comes out and you're like oh boy and yeah, obviously it's come out what the issue was and we all hope Jim Montgomery gets his help and everything's all yes. good I 100% we said it on our podcast a couple weeks ago 100% he's going to get another job if he gets himself straightened out he's getting another job yeah I, I think that's no doubt I mean John Hines it, was off the off the bench for what four days it seemed yeah it, <laughs> I exactly I, so
2: if, if he can if he can, and I hope he does listen, he, he, everyone on the team seemed to like him a, a lot. He, he turned, we turned the season around. We were playing really well. I mean, we, we still are, but we like, we, we really got back to where everyone figured we were. He, he is, he had us poised and he still sort of set us up to be in a playoff spot. Um, and, uh, we' sad to see him go, but I, I think it's no doubt that if he, you know, figures it out and he comes back, that I think there will be a, a list of people that would be interested in taking him onto the bench. Uh,
0: another big news item is the fact that Klingberg is, I think, day to day, right? Yeah, he played in
2: the the last game. Klingberg played was he played in the uh, Winter Classic against Nashville, and right. then he has missed the last couple games um with a i believe it's an upper body injury um
0: sideline uh, doctor what is it uh i don't know i mean is is it a concussion upper body injury or is it something else no to be honest because he was having a little
2: bit of issues with it last season i think that uh he might have been having i think it was something to do with his shoulder uh don't quote me on that at all but um I'm pretty sure he had a shoulder issue. He's been taking quite a few hits in those corners, especially mm. in that Nash, that Nashville game. They were they were really running everyone.
0: Sounds about right. That is kind of that is Nashville's game when they're not playing very well. I mean, that's probably yeah. it's probably a decent game plan against
1: the Stars as well, having like uh, Heiskanen and Klingberg, you know, two young puck movers and skaters on the back end you know four check the crap out of them that's probably a big game plan for a lot of teams and probably a lot of teams for colorado i guess as well so kind of similar in that aspect
2: yeah especially for like teams like nashville and stuff that have like guys like austin mount watson that have some speed but they're also huge so they hit like a truck that like if i was a coach i'd be like just every time you get the puck in behind them and they've turned to go get it just run them because i mean Right, eventually they're going to wear down, or well, they're going to miss them down somehow. Ex- exactly. Because if you let Klingberger Heiskin in turn and now they're skating at you, good luck!
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the old Connor McDavid approach. <laughs> yeah, <right>? yeah, yeah, <laughs>
2: exactly. Exactly. If you can, like, you're trying to almost good defense against people that can skate like that is playing defense before they have the puck because if you're trying to play defense, once they have it, you're putting yourself up, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Yeah. If
0: they're wound up and they're going full speed, you're screwed. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you might as well like put some pressure on them before they even have the damn thing.
0: Uh, I'd say the avalanche have, well, the avalanche combined with the Dallas stars have made the West, especially the central, very uh, spicy. If we want to call it that. The Avs' recent slide three, five, and two in the last ten versus the Stars seven and three has uh, tightened up this Central Division big time. What? Yeah,
2: I believe, uh, we, have, I believe we have leapfrogged you yeah, guys. Yeah, you're now. a
0: point yep. on the Avs at the moment going into yeah, Tuesday's yeah. action. Uh, what's the biggest change in the Stars over that ten game stretch? Um, probably more well, than ten I, games to be honest.
2: Yeah, I mean the. I mean we when we'll get to this one, when I talk to you guys, but like, when we talked, we were 10 games in the season. I'm pretty sure when we talked, the stars were like, like two and eight
0: at the, like 10 games in, like one, eight and one or something maybe. Yeah,
2: exactly. Like we, it was was not not good. good. (laughs) So, so we've talked, so it's been over 30 games now. And as we said, like we've leapfrogged you guys and you guys had on the flip side of that 10 games in looked unbeatable. Right. Um, so I I think it's just we're playing with. It was one of those things, and everyone I talked to when they were bad, quote unquote, like was like, "This isn't gonna last. This isn't gonna be gonna last." And I think the team knew that as well. And so they were just. They, there were some things there. I think uh, Pavelski has looked really really good. He's playing on a line with Gurianov and Hints. And so um, instead of running him with uh, people where he has to maybe support the offense, he can almost sit back a little bit and just like. Uh, the little buzzers of uh, Hintz and Gurianov just buzz around the ice. And uh, that's really helped his game as well. Um, and that, then everyone just, we, we knew we were a good team. And so they just sort of stuck with that. They, they kept playing and eventually you you can't keep down that much uh, skill and talent. And I mean, then you can't, you can't also go without saying the goaltending has been just unreal, just next level. Um, it. Hudobin or Bishop, they just stop everything.
1: Right. I think they've kind of been, you know, one of the best tandems over the course of, I don't know, the last two and a half seasons anyway. It seems like, you know, when Bishop's been out with injury, Kudobin's really stepped up. I, I just yeah. love watching Kudobin play goaltender too. He's just like a little feisty guy in there.
2: He, he plays a very interesting style of, of goalie. Like Bishop plays that very, uh, you know, up and down butterfly. But Hudobin like like he doesn't even like like when he's changing like when he's standing up like trying to track a shot he's not doing like the T stops or anything like that to you know move side to side like he's like jumping on his skates like he's <laughs> yeah. like hopping along and he's like flying across like he he's a very acrobatic just leaping from side to side it's a lot of fun to watch yeah
0: i don't think there's anybody in the league that plays like he does yeah no it,
2: it's like old style with new style and and to be honest it's just such
0: a such a fun time to watch just watching he, him jump he, he plays that goalie style where it's like, uh, I guess when goalies get into that rut, it's like people always say, like, it's hard for a goalie to get into his rut because it's like you can't work harder to stop the puck, right? Yeah. Kudobin's style is that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I, I I, like to think that he, like, when he was making his character, he put all his his uh his points into, like, a luck stat or something. <laughs> so he, he's just really, like, really, really lucky.
1: Uh I mean, you know, I guess you gotta be good to be lucky, um yeah that... anyways, like I think you know you're kind of talking about the start of the season, that's the last time we talked, and that was kind of the feeling for Dallas was you know working through their issues, and that's the kind of the start of the season is you never really know what's gonna happen, but it doesn't matter all that much until you know around this time of year once you you know settled into you know the characteristics of your team uh i just you know i find this central so interesting and it's going to be to me it's going to be a huge dogfight to the end for even you know two three i think we can all agree that st louis is probably going to run away with this and uh keeping the lead in the central Um, yeah i don't know how
2: i don't know how you dethrone st louis they're playing so well right now
1: right um i feel like this this game on tuesday is just going to be an epic game like, the last time we met, I think, you know, it was a really, really good game and a really good physical game. Um, I feel like this is going to feel like a playoff game. And this, you know, as we're sitting right now, this is the playoff series. So I, th- I feel like this is going to be a good indicator of just kind of what kind of, I don't know if I want to say rivalry, but there's going to be some fireworks, I think, and I don't know. What do you think? I, I this is gonna be a great game, in my opinion. So I'm just really looking forward to it.
2: I don't think you can uh, really like talking about Like def- there's obviously Im- obvious implications to this game. I mean, just standing wise, and like you said, if the playoffs start day, this would be the first round matchup, which would honestly be just a waste. I'd rather see these teams meet in the second or third round. But whatever, that's that's a seeding issue. <laughs> right. Uh, um. I like it's it, the Players should know going into this game that this is this is a big game. This is a um, a potential future opponent, and so you gotta you gotta play them like that. And then I think I think like you said, the last two games between Dallas uh, and uh, the Avalanche have been really good games and uh, really physical games. And I think that that physicality you see from you know these playoff style games that teams go into go into it knowing it's going to be a tight game. And so they play it like the playoffs. You see that in, uh I don't know if you guys caught any of that battle of Alberta last night, but uh Brett and I uh, were there. <laughs> no way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. It was unreal to be in the building. I bet. I bet. So, I mean, you guys saw it then live. I mean, that's a playoff style game. The players knew it. And I know there's a bit more history, you know, between in the battle of Alberta than Dallas and avalanche, but like Rivalry, sort of rivalries have to
0: start it. somewhere
2: exactly so why wouldn't it start now
1: i mean it's not like the the avs and the stars haven't had it in the past as we kind of know in like you know late 90s early 2000s a lot of the time they were meeting up in you know semi-finals and quarterfinals so you never know it could you know brew up some old past history you know n- none of the same players
0: obviously are on either team but the playoffs breed rivalries. It's the whole. It's the whole reason San Jose and Vegas have a thing right now, too. Right. Exactly, and Still, I mean, if
2: if the Stars and the Avalanche are as going to be as good and have as much longevity as we're predicting them to have, it, I don't think it's it's too hard to see the Avalanche and Stars meeting in this year's playoffs in next year's playoffs, you know, a couple years in a row of, of some playoffs, you know, wins and losses. Either way, that's going to make the teams just hate each other, especially, you know, since they have cores that really I don't predict are going anywhere soon.
0: Right. No, me neither. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out to you, and I, this was kind of a this was kind of a topic last time we talked to you. The fact that the roster for the Stars wasn't exactly scoring. It was Rupe Hins only at that point of the year it's now obviously turned around tyler sagan's leading the team in points 35 points in 45 games kind of weird that a team that's sitting currently second in the central only has a 35 point guy leading the team but at the same time Uh, compared to how tyler sagan started the year that's a lot of points lately
2: yeah so and to be honest, I haven't been super impressed with really anyone outside of, and I'm going to say these names forever: Gurianov and Hintz. They they have been the and, and the goalies. Like those are the people that have really impressed me the
0: most. But, it's weird because I, I believe mean, you said those two exact names, them um, two months ago. Yeah, look, <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, exactly. I listen, I, <laughs> I uh, I'm going to be tooting my own horn with that one. I I called it from the beginning. I'm sticking with my guns. They've impressed me. Yeah, <laughs> and so um, I mean. Sagan and, and and Ben have been doing really what I expected them to do. And I didn't expect Sagan to come out and, you know, put up 40 points in 45 games or anything like that. I definitely didn't expect it from Ben. Um, I'd like to see them maybe score a little bit more, but like they score big goals. Ben, I mean, I, we lost last night to San Jose, but Ben scored on the power play there. Uh, Radula, like it's the, it's a, offense by committee. You see Arizona doing it a little bit too, mm-hmm. right? You got Hintz will score a couple goals. goals. Uh, you got Ben, they'll score a couple Radulov will put in a few, say again, then you have maybe a few down the lineup, like every team hopes that their bottom six contributes and uh, you can, and then you couple that with, you know, unbeatable goaltending and really strong defense and just sort of team structure. And, and you get um, a, like, like there's definitely games. Like last night it was a two, one loss to the sharks. Uh, credit to Dell in net for the Sharks. He looked really good, but it's just one of those things where you watch exactly. And but like you see, you you watch that game and you're like, it would have been nice to have someone score there. But we also have won six in a row using that same formula. So I would say the the fact that we only scored one goal on that one's maybe more of an outlier and less of the rule.
0: It is a very Western Conference style hockey, right? Like yes. To, to play the defensive. And, like defensive style with goaltending, it's that's basically been like the motto of the top teams in the Western Conference for what I don't know twenty. Years. Well, well,
2: I I'd, I'd say the Central Division because if, if, yeah, sure. if, if you think about
0: if you think about the the, uh,
2: right. the people that are playing out there in the Pacific, that's uh, a little less
0: defense. I also don't think the Pacific is the top in the West. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah. yeah I would I would agree Clear. with you. There. Right, like it's, I it's, I would put so much money on a Central team coming out from the west into the cup final like that's yeah yeah that's easy money i think i would have
2: been a little scared a couple years ago maybe vegas they had i don't know they they were really good their teams but especially as of late but look at their playoffs
0: they were built on defense and goaltending
2: yeah no that's that's very true that is true i mean you have you got flurry back there is unbeatable i mean listen goaltending will get you so far
0: yeah always every single time and again a knock on wood i don't want to jinx it for you but He's has been healthy. Yeah, yeah, and
2: right. and and Hudobin was good last year. Hudobin has been otherworldly when he plays this year, and it's gotten to the point where so we played. Uh, we obviously rec- were recording this on Sunday, and so we played the Sharks last night. We just did the California road trip, um, and we had played Hudobin on the first game, which was a back-to-back on Wednesday. He won that game. Uh, he, I'm pretty sure he did like a 968 in that game. He only allowed one goal. It was against, I believe it was L.A., but who cares? Who cares? 968
0: 968.
2: Um, exactly. And then we played Bishop in the second half of the back-to-back, so he doesn't have to worry about, you know, that first game right off the plane. Uh, so he plays in that one. We win that game. So we win the both of the back-to-backs. And then we can play Hudobin on the Saturday, and he lets in two goals against the Sharks, and we lose 2-1. I mean, that's – and. Bishop played one game on our California road trip. I, that the importance of that can't be, you know, understated. That's yeah. so so good to keep him healthy like that. Right. But it's um, it's yeah. definitely use It's definitely a a a case in load management. Everyone was talking about like Kawhi last year yeah. in the NBA <laughs> and load management. But I think this is one where Bishop is unbelievable when he's healthy. And if we have Hudobin's going to play like that, why wouldn't we? You know, only play Bishop. You know, forty games.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, there's no sense in you know stressing Bishop
0: out physically and mentally. I guess the only reason Bishop exactly. didn't win the Vesna last year was because of injuries. A- exactly, yeah, and, and
2: I think I think we'll see him miss out on the Vesna again this season, just Probably. with the games played again. But that doesn't mean he
0: shouldn't be in the top three goalies in the exactly. league. Well, and at the same time, nobody cares about who wins the Vesna if you win the Stanley Cup.
2: It, exactly. Nobody exactly. Cares. And so. So if we, if you think about it, right, if right, uh, like a, a starter maybe five years ago would play sixty games, right, and probably then you them, right? You so so then you're expecting them to play then on top of that if you guys make it to the playoffs to play another fifteen, you know, yeah, right, or, or ten. If you're going to the Cup final, you're probably looking at twenty five plus. Right, right. So now, so now you're 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 sitting where they're playing almost a full year's worth of games in just, like, an extra month. Yeah. So now we make it to the playoffs. Bishops only played forty 45 games this season. He plays another 20. Oh, no, we've only played 60. Like, that's yeah. huge.
1: Yeah, exactly, for sure. And that's, you know, kind of been a newly, you know, input of goalies oh, yeah. in that's the league. That's definitely
0: the uh, little advanced stats guys or the sports science guys or whatever you want to call right. them. And, and I just did... I just did a whole – my last episode, not to, uh, you know, plug
2: here, but my last episode I did a, I did a bit of a fancy stats. I'm a fancy stats guy. I think it's – I don't know. It's super interesting. And I'm horrible at math, but I think it's awesome. And <laughs> you, you look at it, it's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and the same thing, too. When you have a goalie like Bishop, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to realize, like, hey, he's kind of sort of injury-prone lately. Let's not play him every night. Wow. Well, lately, his whole career, Tampa yeah.
2: could have yeah. won a – could have won a maybe a potentially a, a cup if Bishop hadn't broken his hand before the playoffs started or got hurt in in the uh, finals there.
0: Yeah, that's true. Right, I forgot about that one actually. And
1: it's kind of funny because we were talking in our other podcast on Friday, just about how starting or sorry, backup goaltenders don't win you cups, right? Yeah, it's it's very rare that's they might, that's they might happen. get you
0: there, but you're probably not going to win it right. if you have a backup goalie playing in the playoffs. Yeah, so
1: you so you know the stars need Bishop in that. Case they need him for the playoffs, yeah. so
0: and if you're sitting second in central, it's not hard to. Well, a sitting second in central, b sitting on a guy like Hudobin, it's not hard to not play your guy, right?
2: All I'm saying is if the stars win the cup, Bishop needs to then, when he gets the cup, hand it to Hudobin. Would he's the next handoff? You can't hand it to anyone else yeah. other than Hudobin. If you're I,
0: I expect that, yeah, that would be something, especially two on top of that. The goalie, like the starting guy and the backup goalie, like that relationship's always just—it's way different than any other two guys on a team. Yeah, exactly. Sagan and Ben. Yeah, they may play like, you know, when they were at their peak, it was like that was the the pair. Like it was Sagan and Ben, Sagan and Ben, Sagan and Ben. It's not the same as a goalie, like the goalie combo. No, no, they're... they're on the ice by themselves. Yeah, and I think it's
2: it's Hudobin and, and Bishop are, are like buddies like yeah. they like they're just like, they're just pals and it's kind of funny because if you if you put them next to each other they're like the complete opposite. Bishop is like this tall lengthy right. white guy right and Hudobin is like this like actually quite short stout Russian guy yeah or, right so so it, it's uh, it, it's a funny pair but they they seem to be quite good friends uh, during all the whistles and stuff like that. Uh, you gotta really watch closely for it but like Bishop is always skating back over to the bench getting water chatting with Hudobin, they're talking, laughing back and forth and they go right back in. And I think that's a, that, that's, that's also a huge factor. It's like, there's not a lot of mental stress being put onto Bishop in and Hudobin on a mentally night. They're just allowed to go in there. You know, they're all, they're both rested quite well. They feel good. Like, why wouldn't you put your starter and backup in a spot for success? Like, why wouldn't you set them up for that?
0: For sure. Uh, last question for me, uh, because it's, seems like such a unicorn in Colorado lately um how does your penalty kill do stuff <laughs> cuz ours doesn't uh, <laughs> um it's uh well um
2: i i haven't really looked at uh colorado's goaltending stats and i know we just talked about goaltending but that helps a lot uh your goaltender has to be your best penalty killer i believe is how the saying goes yeah pretty much and and our goaltender is the best on a night,
0: nightly basis. So that helps a lot. And oh, yeah. then. So uh, going into Tuesday's game, the Dallas Stars on the defensive side of the game, first in the league in goals against, uh, 17th in the league in shots, shots against. So it's like, it's not like they're not working hard, your goalies. Fifth in the league in penalty kill, and 14th in the league in penalty minutes taken. So again, it's not like the penalty kill is not working either. No, no. And in fact, there was like a 10 game stretch there that we were taking
2: like like we were taking like 10, 15 minutes worth of penalties every night. And I was like, what is going on? Um, but we uh, it's just one of those things where like our our forwards, we, we pressure quite hard and our goalies is uh, quite good. Like we play a sort of stagnant little diamond there and then we let our guys really check. The, especially the, the defenders when they're trying to do the little just like three-man passing plays up near the point. We really box and get everyone just jammed into the corner as possible and then just clear it.
1: Well, That's kind of scary for uh, the Avalanche power play, I'm not going to lie, because we rely heavily on our top umbrella. And, yeah. you and know, it's... when they get pressured, it's not so good. No, So like, that'll McKin- be something to keep an eye on.
2: <laughs> yeah, McKinnon and, and Rantanen, I believe, are on Either side of it's who, McCard or Gerard? Normally yeah, Nor- yeah, McCard, but on
1: Friday it was Gerard. That's true. That's true.
2: So, so well, either way, McCard and Gerard are incredible. Um, but they're, they're quite active and then they love to play those little three man passing plays yeah. with yeah. Ranton and McKinnon. So you'll see, I think, um, there, there's obviously ways to exploit that because when we start to pressure quite hard, if you guys can then get uh, that man down low behind the net. You can sort of play the either around the net or and or to the bumper in front, but if you guys are scrambling with it up at the point, you gotta be careful because the, the forwards, goal coming like, up. yeah, just, you'll watch uh, like Fox and Yanmark, they love to just get in there and try and create those turnovers, and and we have hints on the penalty kill as well. So if he's gone, if he's got a step, I don't like Macar is fast and McKinnon is fast, but if hints has got a fa- got a step. That'd be a race.
0: Uh, That'd we, be a race to watch. We watched it, I don't know, three games ago, I think, where McKinnon and McCarr both got caught flat-footed, and it was basically a two-on-zero, shorthanded. Yeah. So it happened. Yeah, it happens.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but f- listen, if
2: there's the power, well, there's very few power plays in the league that like truly scare me, and Colorado's is one of them. So I wouldn't I wouldn't feel too bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, like when they're on it. It's got to be one of the best power plays out there. But the thing is, I don't feel like they're on it very often. They haven't
0: been on it in a month, it seems.
1: Yeah, which is. Or more. You know, we've said it before. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just confusing because of the talent that's out well, there. Yeah, you look. It's <laughs> Land,
0: Landis Cog, uh, Ranton, McCar, McKinnon, and normally Cog, Ravi Armscuit. Yeah. So, wow. That, that should put a puck in the net Rough. twice a game. Yeah, you, yeah, you do yeah, yeah. And It doesn't. Anyway, I don't know. Jared, you got anything else? Uh, No, no nothing off the top of my head. Uh, no. I don't. We don't do predictions here anymore because uh, it doesn't work out for us, so I'm not even going to ask you. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. It's enough. been a pleasure, Michael, and uh, sort of good
2: luck on Tuesday. Hey, uh, I appreciate it. It's, it's always fun. It's always fun to come on, and hopefully we, we meet you guys in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I would not – I wouldn't be sad about this as a first-round matchup. That's for sure. No, no. It'd be an exciting one. Again, that's Michael from Clean Skate Pod, at Clean Skate Pod on Twitter. Go check him out. Maybe check out his uh, episode. I believe this episode, your uh, Monday episodes, has your player feature. So if you want to learn about who is it today, uh, so I, I, did the, the poll on Twitter
2: there and, uh, we're doing Anton Hudobin now. Ooh, nice. Geez.
0: Perfect. There you go. Yes. Yes.
2: It, honestly, it's, it's topical. We if, talked if, about you, him a yeah, lot. If so. you need more right.
0: Hudobin talk, then go check his, his podcast out. Yeah.
2: Uh, you'll get to hear me badly pronounce uh, wherever he's from, you know, oh. in, uh, Eastern Europe. <laughs> we, we
0: had a bit of an episode after the world juniors where we were trying to pronounce, uh, one of the Avs prospects, uh, Danila Zoravlyov. 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 Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, yeah. Elite Please. Prospects has a pronunciation feature on the website. It is lovely. <laughs> Not so much on the where the guy's from though, but his name at least. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway, awesome. thanks for uh thanks for joining us and have a good one. Yeah, thanks Michael. Thanks for having me. Go Stars. <laughs> so yeah, I guess the rest of this four-game homestand, or sorry, five-game homestand is starts on Tuesday with Dallas. You got San Jose on Thursday night. Yep. Uh we will preview that on the next episode. Mm-hmm. So, get your pregame action in on Thursday afternoon. St. Louis on Saturday, Detroit on Monday. And two uh, matinees in a row. That's true. One o'clock Saturday, one o'clock Monday. Not,
1: not really sure why. Uh, Very uh, weird on the Monday? Monday. I don't know what's going on. Is there some kind of American holiday or something? Must be. Let us know.
0: because We should probably know this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that being <laughs> said, that is a... Two for two stretch, for sure. If that's not two for two, or like two and two, yeah, I'll be pissed. Right, four, like four points minimum. Six points would be nice. Yeah, eight points would be stellar. I mean, yeah, I I would take it. And, and eight you know, points would guarantee would, would get us even with St. Louis, probably two and two. And right, like it, it's
1: two big time divisional games again. Where we got some home ice, we got some
0: time at home, some practice time. They're big games. We kind of talked about it with Michael, the fact that, like, that Central Division, St. Louis is running away. They're 10 points up on the Avs, right. 9 on Dallas. Those, again, we've talked about 4-point games. The Avs win Tuesday, they're back in second. The Avs win Saturday, that's another 2 points closer to St. Louis. St. Louis. And like we said, if you keep it if you pe- keep it close, March and April get really interesting. Whereas if you right. don't, and it's just well, St. Louis is first in the division, whatever, that it's obviously less than ideal. The Avs gotta make good before the break. Yeah. They have to make good before the break. Yeah, I mean,
1: you you wanna go into an eleven day break on a positive note.
0: We talked about them going into a three day break right. in Vegas on a positive note this 11 day break man that will fester if you have a bad stretch here
1: and especially because you know i feel like this is a time where you can make some room or uh gain some ground you know every every team in the next i guess month is gonna have their bye week so everyone's schedules lightening up here for the next you know little bit these games become even you know that much more important and, and it's going to be the same way after we come back from this break and we have the five-game road trip. It's also going to be obviously very important games to really, like I've already said, you know, set the foundation for the rest of this season. This is a 10-point
0: road uh, homestand. They have one. Which is decent, you know, if you just got to get some dubs in here. Seven of ten would be nice. Yeah. Six of ten, I think, is minimum. I know I said four out of the next four games, but that's because, like, they got to beat San Jose and they got to beat Detroit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, hopefully it's a guaranteed four. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know that these games against Dallas and St. Louis, they're going to be tough games. Both these teams are playing really good hockey right now. So. We kind
0: of talked about it with Michael. This most likely is a first-round matchup preview Could very well. Tuesday night. Could very well happen, right? So that being said, thanks for uh, tuning in to this Monday's episode. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will catch you all on Thursday. Don't forget to visit us on Twitter at Offside by a Mile to join our conversation and have your voice heard. Also, check out the rest of the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet and the Network.com. You can listen to the podcast there or anywhere you get your podcasts from. The biggest thing you can do to support us is by going to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and giving us a five-star rating. Also, if you're looking to donate to the network, visit the Hockey Podcast Network's Patreon page. All donations go straight to the podcast host. Thanks, and see you next episode. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.